Hi, ladies. Welcome to another episode of the Virtue Podcast. Wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing, I'm so glad you're listening in. My name is Debbie Perkins, and I'm excited to share with you on the topic of spiritual gifts, more specifically, your spiritual gifts, and finding your place to use them in the body of Christ. I shared this message recently at our Good Things conference, and I asked the ladies who attended a couple of questions. I'd like to share these questions and their responses with you as you ponder them for yourself. Okay, here goes. The first question I asked was how many of them felt that they had a pretty good understanding of the spiritual gifts. A good number of them raised their hands, but there were still many who did not. Then I asked how many knew what their spiritual gifts were. Again, a mixed response, but this time, fewer hands were raised. My final question, how many of them wondered if they had even been given a spiritual gift? Only a few hands went up. It encouraged me to see that the vast majority of women in attendance knew that they had been given spiritual gifts, even if they didn't know what they were yet. And for the women who honestly had no idea if they had spiritual gifts, and if that's you— I have some good news. If you have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I assure you, as I assured them, you have been given spiritual gifts. 1 Peter 4.10 tells us that God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So what are spiritual gifts exactly? Well, simply put, spiritual gifts are gifts. They're talents, abilities that are given to believers in Jesus Christ. When we're saved, we receive spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit determines who receives which gifts. He doesn't give one person all the gifts and some of us none at all. He distributes gifts to each and every one of us. 1 Corinthians 12.11 says, It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. But wouldn't it be great if we could just pick and choose which gift we receive? You married women who are listening, have you ever bought your own Christmas gift and even wrapped it and then handed it to your husband and let him know he can go ahead and put that under the tree because that's his Christmas gift to you? Well, when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit— Us choosing the ones we want for ourselves really wouldn't be so great at all. We serve an all-knowing God, ladies, and He knows us very well. He designed us for a very specific purposes. Whatever gifts have been distributed to you or to me or to our girlfriends, they are the right gifts. They are the perfect gifts for you and for your place in the church. God's desire is that we would allow Him to cultivate and develop these gifts as we use them for the benefit and the unity of the body. Let me give you a quick list of specific spiritual gifts that are listed in the New Testament so that you can be thinking about these as we continue. But first, I want to give you a few places that you can go and read these for yourselves. Are you ready? Jot down these scriptures, if you can, so that you can look them up later. Ephesians chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4, Romans 12, and 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14. Okay, now for that list of spiritual gifts, starting with pastor, helping or serving, which includes hospitality, leading, teaching, mercy, evangelism, administrations, giving, faith, exhortation, discerning of spirits, 
apostleship, prophecy, miracles, gifts of healings, knowledge, wisdom, speaking in tongues, interpreting of tongues. Wow, that is quite the list. But let me ask you, do any of these surprise you? Did you know that there's a spiritual gift of showing mercy or giving or even faith? Now, we're all called to be merciful and to give and to have faith, but there are actually people who have these as their giftings. There are some gifts that are more widely known. We're more familiar with these, and that's because they're visible. They're out front. They're public, such as pastor or teaching or evangelism. And then there are some that seem to have this great mystery associated with them, like miracles, healings, speaking in tongues, or discerning of spirits. All of these gifts are vital for the well-being of the church, including the -the behind-the-scenes, seemingly lowly, less glorious gifts. Which brings me to this question. Why do we receive spiritual gifts in the first place? What is their purpose? Well, the Bible says that the gifts we've been given are for the edification of the body, specifically the body of Christ or the church. To edify means to instruct or improve, and it also means to build up, to make better. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 tells us that a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Another translation says, for the profit of all, and yet another, for the common good. Remember that word from 1 Peter that I referenced earlier where he says, God has given each one of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Well, Peter ends this verse saying, use them well to serve one another. Each gift has a specific purpose and function, and so do we as part of the body. When we exercise our gifts the way that God intended, in unity with other members of the body of Christ using their gifts, the whole body benefits. Romans 12, 5-8 says this, We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. We all have different types of gifts that God gave us specifically and purposefully. We're all connected to each other in this body, made to use our gifts with the rest of the body for the benefit of the body. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul drives this point home by using the parts of the physical body as an example. He says, if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, well, that doesn't make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If we were all a single member, he asks, where would the body be? If we all had the same role or the same gifting or all tried to do the same thing, how would the body benefit from the other gifts that aren't being used? Paul reminds us that it's God who arranged the members in the body as he chose. He continues in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 21 and 22, saying, The eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. 
On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I love that word. In the New Living Translation, verse 22 reads this way. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. When we think of our physical bodies, there are smaller parts that seem as if either they don't have much purpose or maybe one part really doesn't affect another, like a toe to a finger or even, for example, a tooth. We know our teeth are needed for chewing. If you get a toothache and you don't address it soon enough, the pain can become unbearable, right? You can't eat because it hurts to chew. Then you get a headache. Then you can't focus, and working or driving or sleeping or taking care of the kids becomes difficult. One little tooth in pain can pretty much affect the whole body, how it functions, and how you function, how I function. That's how it works in the body of Christ. When one suffers, Paul tells us, all suffer together. When one member is honored, all rejoice together. Everyone's gift, your gift, matters to the body of Christ. You and your gifting are absolutely necessary to the well-being and benefit of the church. In other words, ladies, you are indispensable. A dear friend of mine was over a few weeks ago to teach me her lasagna recipe, and she brought all of the ingredients because she is very particular about them, and it was really sweet. She could have just made this lasagna and brought it over, and we would have enjoyed a great meal together. But it was extra special to make it with her and learn this new recipe and just spend time together. So she brought these different types of cheese that needed to be shredded. And I usually buy pre-shredded cheese from the store, and there is nothing wrong with that. But this was a real treat. So I went to work on shredding the cheese with my barely ever used cheese grater. And if you can picture this, it's a box grater that stands vertical. It has four sides and a handle on top. So I shredded all the cheese, but in the process, I cut my fingers and a knuckle a couple of times. Um, Boy, it really hurt. But I really liked this idea of freshly grated or shredded cheese. So on my next grocery run, I bought all kinds of cheeses for different meals I'd be cooking over the next couple of weeks. And when it came time, I got out my box grater and shredded my cheese, this time a little more slowly and a little more carefully, but I still cut my knuckle. So the next time, I put on those food-safe gloves for a little bit of protection, but the blade goes right through those too. Well, a few weeks later, about the time I was ready to give up and go back to pre-shredded cheese, I opened up my bottom kitchen drawer. Well, it's filled with miscellaneous kitchen tools and gadgets, and I was looking for something else. But what was sitting at the bottom of that drawer? A knuckle-safe, finger-safe rotary cheese grater and a plastic food grip that I could have used with my box grater, also knuckle and finger-safe. I've had these tools for years, but I'd forgotten all about them. And to be quite honest, I don't think I've ever used them. Perfectly good and very useful tools made for a purpose that were sitting in the bottom of a drawer going unused. Now, I know that this is a silly example, but the point is we don't want to take the tools or the gifts that God has given us specifically for the work of ministry, store them away somewhere, and don't even bother to think about them and let them go unused. Nobody benefits from that. So how do you find your gifts? And then how do you start to use them to serve? Well, the first thing I would encourage you to do is to pray and ask God to reveal what spiritual gifts he's given you. You may already have some ideas about what they might be, so ask for confirmation. 
Maybe you just don't realize that that one thing your heart keeps coming back to actually is a specific gifting. Sometimes, however, we see someone else's gift and we desire that gift. And we decide that if we can't do that, we won't do anything. Just like in Paul's example, I'm a foot, but I'd rather be a hand. And since I'm not a hand, guess I'm not a part of the body. If I can't serve in that way, I won't serve at all. Other times, we try to take on that gift that we wish we had as if it were our gift, and that doesn't serve you or the body well. Talk about striving. We can't serve joyfully or effectively for too long when we're forcing a gift that isn't ours. It becomes burdensome and fruitless. Ladies, it's so important that we recognize that whatever gift we've been given is truly the right gift. Once we can embrace the gifts we have, we can then begin to develop them to the fullness that God intended. Okay, but maybe you do know what your gifts are, one of them, and you're not serving where you can use that gift, and you're frustrated. Maybe it's teaching or leading a ministry or a small group, and you know that God has called you to this, but no one has opened that door yet. Can I just encourage you? Be patient. It's important to serve where there's a need, to serve right where you are. And while you're doing that, God may be preparing you and perfecting things in you until the time is right, in His timing. Wait for God to open that door. He's faithful, and He will do it. Another way to find out your gifts is to ask those around you. Many times, other people in our church family who know us can see gifts in us that we can't see ourselves. Sometimes, friends will volunteer this information, what they see as your giftings. Receive what they say, even if you don't see it yourself. Pray on it. You may be surprised what comes of that. I'm not the most organized person. My friends are always surprised to hear that. They say things like, well, I think you're very organized. And then I think, oh, but if you could only see me at home, don't open that kitchen drawer. Over the last several years, people have mentioned, mostly in passing as if it's something I already knew, that one of my gifts is that of administration. And I thought, oh, that's a really nice thing to say, but nope, not my gift. I already know what my gifts are, and that's not one of them. I'm not organized enough. But you know, I've been serving in the church for about 14 years, and I didn't even realize until somewhat recently that in some of the capacities where I've been serving, I have actually been using this gift of administration. Joyfully, I might add. I had no idea, but my friends did. All of your gifts may not be revealed to you at once. As one is cultivated and you grow and mature, more gifts are revealed as the Lord continues that work He began in you. That brings me to another really great way to determine your gifts. Jump in and serve. Start somewhere. Maybe it's where you'll find your gifting, or maybe you'll discover it's not your gift, and you just keep serving until it becomes clear. And there are so many places that you can serve in the church. On Sunday mornings, greeting people as they come in, serving at the connect table, answering questions and helping people as they stop by, serving at crusades and conferences, in children's ministry, intercessory prayer, or with the outreach team. Sometimes, serving the body takes place outside of the church walls. You may have a heart to visit and minister to someone who's in the hospital or homeless, or maybe it's making a meal for a family dealing with crisis or inviting someone into your home for a meal who doesn't have family close by. It could be visiting someone who's alone or widowed or elderly or all of the above. 
driving them to an appointment, or simply having a cup of coffee with them, watching a mama's little one so she can have a break, even if it's just to take a long nap. Or maybe it's discipling a young adult or a new believer and walking with them for a season as their own faith develops and they discover their own spiritual gifts. There are ministries already in place in the church where you can get plugged in to do these very things. Serving and using our gifts doesn't have to be a big production. It doesn't even have to be on anyone's radar or seen. If the way you serve others in the church seems small or insignificant or unnoticed, know that God sees it, and He sees the heart behind it, and that is way more than any recognition we could ever hope for from others. And how you serve is much more significant and impactful than you realize. Another tool that can be helpful in narrowing down your gifts is taking a spiritual gifts test or survey. It's not a test that you take and turn into someone else to grade. You simply answer a series of questions, follow the scoring prompts based on your responses, and then review the results. But make sure you're completely honest as you answer the questions. You wouldn't want to steer the results towards what you want your gifts to be. Desire to know the true gifts that the Holy Spirit has selected specifically and perfectly for you. You can find some good ones online on these tests, or you can ask someone at church if there's one that they have available or one they can recommend. One that I find really helpful will actually be available soon on the Virtue website once the messages from our recent Good Things conference get posted there. Use whatever spiritual gifts test that you take as a guide, and then spend time in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal and confirm. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up one very important point. Paul makes it clear that while using our gifts is vital and necessary, without love, it's useless. Love is the highest of them all. At the end of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul exhorts us by saying, Earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet... I will show you a more excellent way. In other words, desire the gifts, the best gifts even. But wait, let me show you something even better, something more excellent. Well, what is this more excellent way? Let's keep reading. Moving out of 1 Corinthians 12, right into chapter 13, starting at verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Jumping down to verse 13. So now faith Hope and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. 
Ladies, you may not know what your spiritual gifts are just yet, and even if you do, you may still be trying to figure out how and where to use them. Either way, we are all called to love one another deeply and unselfishly. What good is discovering and using our gifts if it's done in the absence of love? In Ephesians 4.16, Paul writes, Christ makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Such a beautiful picture of us using our gifts together to edify the body. The Bible says that we're to esteem or value others as higher than ourselves and to not just pretend to love others, but to really love them with genuine affection and to take delight in honoring each other. And that's exactly what we're doing when we embrace and use our gifts. Ladies, you've been given beautiful gifts to serve this body of Christ. I pray that you will discover what they are and use them well to serve one another. Let's pray. Lord, we know that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and your word says that you've given each of us a gift to be cultivated and used for the betterment of the body. Would you reveal those gifts to us? Show us how to serve you and those around us the way that you intended. Open doors that we haven't noticed before, opportunities to serve and love others in ways that maybe we haven't considered before. Thank you for loving us so deeply and creating a place for us in this beautiful body of Christ that is the church. We love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.